Welcome to the Geek Speak Show. People who get it, get it. This is the Geek Speak Show. Interviews with the movers and shakers in geek culture. This is Mark Zickby, writer, producer, and director of Space Command. Hey, this is Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn, and one of the original founders of Image Comics. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. Geek is spoken here. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching with your ears. Oh, you just listen. The Geek Speak Show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.com, MightyVille.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Please make a note of it. Here are the hosts of the Geek Speak Show, Henry San Miguel and Rachel Roselli. Not this week. Welcome to the Geek Speak Show. It's time. Comic Con. I'm not there. Obviously, Rachel is. So, since Rachel and the rest of the gang are over in San Diego, I'm here in San Francisco. Nice, cold, rainy, thundering, lightning, earthquaking sometimes. And Jessica, our new comics commentator, is going to be sitting in for Rachel. Hey, Jessica, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thank you. So you can talk some stuff besides comics, right? Yes. I hope, I think. <laughs> um, yes, I can. We weren't going to mention it, but we have to mention it. You, everybody's all excited because they're on their, either on their way or already there at Comic-Con. You're going to hear from a, a bunch of people. Of course, we're going to start with David Glanzer. It's not a Comic-Con or WonderCon show without the, the person who puts it all together for you. So we'll talk to him in just a few minutes. We'll also hear from some friends of the show um, who have panels, have exhibits, have booths, have all kinds of stuff there. And we'll also tell you what else is happening outside of Comic-Con. Yeah, the, the, everything doesn't just happen in the convention center. There's stuff happening outside of the convention. And also because you may not get into all the panels because the long lines, there's some things waiting for you outside in the parking lot, across the street, in the hotel lobbies. We'll talk about all of that. So before we do that, let's go back a little bit. A couple of days ago, episode number, what is it, three, four of Under the Dome aired and you heard Rachel and I complain about it the last couple of days. Nothing was really happening. Something's finally happening on this one. Uh, not not going to give too much away, but it, it's not. You kind of know sort of what the dome really is for. But it's more character development. But you actually do care a little bit more about the characters. And Junior, maybe, is not that crazy. Not as crazy as we thought. We'll see next episode. Falling Skies. TNT's Falling Skies. Pretty good. Huge reveal, big spoiler alert here, huge reveal, we found out who the mole is, and it wasn't a Mason, it wasn't any of the people who we thought it was going to be, it was actually somebody we had on the show not too long ago, it was Lourdes, who's supposed to be helping everybody, she's the doctor, but she was actually the mole, she's covered with all those things, see I told you I was going to spoil it for you, so that's what's going on, uh, speaking of TV, big presence, we'll talk about it with David Glanzer in a second, big presence at Comic Con, and, you know, I, I think, like I said, it's because, you know, Game of Thrones, Walking Dead are some of the biggest shows on cable, on premium, regular TV, the the S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. I mean, I'm hearing, I must, we can talk to David about that. I'm hearing a lot of people are going to be lining up for that one. Jessica, would you line up for that one for the, uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. panel at Comic-Con? Yes, I would. Of course. It's not going to be in Hall H. And I think that's the mistake because Joss Whedon is going to be there. Agent Coulson is going to be there. Kevin Feige is going to be there. And a few surprise guests from the Avengers and from uh, some of, some people who are going to be on the TV show, they're going to be there. Why wouldn't you put that one in Hall H? Uh, but there's some other panels that are going to be happening in the Hall H. Of course, the movie stuff is happening. Um, Thor is going to be there. What else? There's a big uh, kaiju, the king of the kaijus, that's still in our heads. It's not going to be anything Guillermo del Toro. It's the original one, not King Kong, the one from Japan, Godzilla. He'll be there. There's something kind of cool actually happening uh, 
literally a stone's throw away from the convention center. We'll talk about that. Let's give you a few details on where you can go do that. So, you ready the exp- well, kind of experience your first Comic Con? We'll do you see, again. You, you haven't you haven't actually gone to a, a Comic Con yet. No, I haven't. When you do, you can't breathe there you can't barely move but it is fun i mean because you're among family you're among people who love the same kind of things you do and if you bump somebody because we we tell you, you no know, don't don't take big backpacks and you turn around because you see stan lee that you're gonna hit you know like three people on, on while you're watching oh stan lee but um when, when you go there you know part of it is you know, we, we're probably going to talk about it with, with david glanzer when he comes on in a second part of it is you have you have to wait in line for everything Again, it's like, kind of like when you go to Disneyland, you, you know you're going to be waiting in line. Same thing with Comic-Con. And no, sometimes you're not going to, you're not going to see the panels you want to see. Not all of them. So, you know, if, if, if your panel starts at 4 o'clock, for example, and you're in, you've been in line since 6 in the morning and it's 12 o'clock, 2 o'clock, and you haven't moved an inch, I would get out of line and go to go see something else, go eat or, or you know, just find something else to do because you're not going to see that, that panel. But you probably find it on our YouTube page or somewhere online because people do record. They don't, you're not supposed to record the clips and the trailers, but somehow they get online anyway and they're gone a minute later. So let's get ready for uh, the Comic-Con show. Let's have Joe tell you what he's geeking out about. Gee, I wonder, maybe something in San Diego. But there's some other things going on besides in San Diego. So let's find out what is happening. Here's Joe geeking out for you. Then we'll be back and begin the Comic-Con coverage. The Geek Speak show will continue in a moment. Check this out. Geeking out with Joe Capitana. Geeking out and the Geek Speak show are powered by Collider.com, GeekTyrant.com, GameTyrant.co, Mightyville.com, Ramascreen.com, and Zergnet.com. Here's Joe. The co-founder of Tesla Motors has announced a fifth mode of transportation called the Hyperloop, and it could get you from L.A. to San Francisco in about half an hour. You can travel at speeds near 400 mph. Tesla is expected to publish the design for the Hyperloop by mid-August, and they say it's the cross between a Concorde, a railgun, and an air hockey table. So try to wrap your mind around that. In tech, the Google Moto X smartphone may be available as soon as next month. According to a leaked video, voice control is an integral function for the phone. The Moto X would be similar to Google Glass, which does searches, launches apps, and other features by saying, OK, Google Now, followed by your command. For example, OK, Google Now, Wonder, Twin, Powers, Activate, Form of... Snapchat. Speaking about crazy phones, Apple is investigating a claim about a woman in China who was electrocuted to death by her iPhone. Apparently, she was on a phone call while the iPhone was charging. Apple did release a condolence statement to the woman's family, and they're investigating what caused the woman's death. On Instagram, straight flexin', the first ever made-for-Instagram movie trailer is out, and it's for jobs. The film is supposed to be an inspirational story, and it stars Ashton Kutcher as Apple co-founder, chairman, and CEO... Steve Jobs. So now let's talk movies. According to director Edgar Wright, the script for Marvel's Ant-Man movie is all done. It was written by Wright and Joe Cornish, and it reportedly took a lot of work to adapt Ant. 
Batman to the modern Marvel Cinematic Universe. Casting should begin by the end of this year. Ant-Man is set for a post-Avengers 2 release on November 6, 2015. In other Marvel movie news, John C. Riley, a.k.a. Dewey Cox, a.k.a. Dr. Steve Brule, has been confirmed to play Roman Dave, the leader of the Nova Corps in Marvel's Guardians, Guardians of the, the Galaxy, Galaxy movie. Riley would have superhuman strength, endurance, and flight as he joins Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Bonicio Del Toro, and Dave Bautista in the film's roster. The movie geeks out August 1st of next year. In TV, The Dark Knight has returned to Saturday morning cartoons. Beware the Batman is the latest Batman cartoon, and it is the sixth Batman animated series, if you're keeping count. It's computer animated, and the Cape Crusader looks like Chris Nolan's Batman, but includes Grant Morrison's characters and villains. You can watch Beware the Batman on Cartoon Network Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. In other DC news, Martian Manhunter will now be available in Injustice, Gods Among Us as a downloadable character. Also, Jon Stewart will be available as, as an additional skin for the Green Lantern. Capcom has announced a new version of Street Fighter 4 and it's called Ultra Street Fighter 4. It will be released for Ultra PC, Ultra PlayStation 3, and Ultra Xbox 360 next year. Ultra Street Fighter 4 will have five new Ultra characters and six new Ultra stages. Ultra. Nintendo has unveiled this year's Club Nintendo Rewards Gifts for its Gold and Platinum members. There are eight gifts to choose from, ranging from posters, games, CDs, etc., etc. If you choose a game, you can download it instantly, whereas if you choose something tangible, you know, something real, it will be shipped out before the end of December. Now let's really geek out. San Diego Comic-Con International 2013 is this... Thursday, July 18th at the San Diego Convention Center, and it ends Sunday, July 21st. Entertainment Weekly is already running its Comic-Con special issue with Spider-Man and Electro on the cover. Variant issues have Carrie, Ender's Game, and Orphan Black on the cover. Notably, Legendary Pictures will have a huge yet secret presence at Comic-Con for the Godzilla movie. Gojira! Gojira! Fans will have to reserve a time slot at GodzillaEncounter.TicketLeap.com and enter in the secret password Sirizawa to attend what is known as the Godzilla Encounter. Godzilla geeks out May of next year. In other Comic Con news, a complete list of Comic Con 2013 toy exclusives has been released. Some cool selections include G.I. Joe and Transformers crossover figures and vehicles, a Deadpool core action figure set that comes in a taco truck box, Mimiko Star Wars Chewbacca USB drives, and Walking Dead Herschel's Farm Minimates. My personal favorite is the Power Rangers Limited Edition Legacy Power Morpher with the Green Ranger and White Ranger Power Coins. Just FYI, September 3rd is the 20th anniversary of the Power Rangers. Man, we're getting old. And in celebration, Lionsgate is releasing a new band of Power Rangers straight to DVD and digital download. Same theme song, of course, but just different Rangers. Power Rangers Megaforce is their name, and if you're interested to know, the colors are pretty throwback. Red, blue, black, yellow, and pink. So this concludes this segment of Geeking Out with Joel. Feel free to contact me, Joel the Geekspeakshow.com, or you can always find me rambling on Twitter at Joel Japatana. Till next time, it's Morphin Time! Pterodactyl! Wait, what?
I'm back in 6th grade again. Welcome back to the Geek Speak show, the Comic-Con show getting already. Of course, we de- we can't do a Comic-Con show without talking to David Glanzer, Director of Marketing and Public Relations. David, welcome back to the Geek Speak show. Thank you for having me back. It's nice having you here. Uh, like I said, we got to do this more often. It seems to be only when it's WonderCon or Comic-Con or Ape. we got to do it more often. It's, tr- it's true. Maybe we can do a wrap-up show or a preview of uh, some of the other shows, you know. Yeah, it's a, so you know it, it's preview night tonight. Then the rest of the week is all Comic Con. All everybody, all the attention is going to be on San Diego. You are there already, obviously. Um, before we talk Comic Con, let's go back a little bit. It seems like years ago, but it's only about four four months ago. WonderCon Anaheim in its second year in Anaheim. How, how did how did it go? How do you see it now? A few months removed. You know, it was a it was an amazing show. It uh, we were um, expecting. We were hoping it would be be a good show, and it ended up being a, an, an amazing show. Uh, attendance was good. Uh, everybody seemed to have a really good time, from the exhibitors to the professionals to the attendees. So um, we got a lot of uh, comments about people really enjoying it. Yeah, and, and we were there. You know, you guys catch our coverage on YouTube. Uh, I said it the, the first year. It, it is. You know, I always said it was it was our show because it was here in San Francisco. But it, it's a lot of fun in, in Anaheim. I mean, part of it is you know Disneyland is right across, and when you take a break from WonderCon, you can just head on over. Have dinner there, or, or you know, spend a few minutes or hours with at uh, Disneyland. But it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, and and Disneyland actually offers a, like a, a, a an evening discount to uh, uh, to the WonderCon attendees. But but truth be told, we'd still love to be able to come back to San Francisco. I mean, that that is our hope, uh, and we're still trying to work on that. Yeah, and and one thing that was new this year at, in, in Anaheim that that was a, a big hit, and I loved it too, is the food trucks that were out in front. That that was whoever came up with that, perfect. Was that awesome? Yeah, the center asked if it would be okay to uh, have those out there, and I think there were, I forgot how many food trucks, but, you know, dessert trucks, savory trucks, breakfast trucks. It was, it was really amazing. Those were uh, really uh, treats that I think everybody enjoyed. I know I certainly did. Yeah. Uh, so now it's time for the big one, San Diego Comic-Con. So, uh, we talked about it uh, last week when we were, we were teasing the show. Uh, you've probably noticed that there's a big TV presence at, at Comic-Con this, this year. And, and I was thinking to see what you think, okay, our opinions, of course. I think it's because it reflects the fact that there's just so much really good genre TV on TV, on cable and on, pre- on the premium channels and on just basic cable right now. I think you're absolutely right. One of the things that we've noticed, it seems that even network television is now rivaling some of the cable channels. Yeah. I mean, you know, whether whether it was following or... Uh, you know, uh, elementary, or there's these shows now that um, are a little more cutting edge, and I think that the uh, the the networks now realize that this is a great venue to connect with the people who watch those shows. So yeah, you know, network television has really stepped it up. Uh, cable has really stepped it up. Uh, television really has become an integral part of uh, Comic Con over the last couple of years. Yeah, and and at Comic Con the panels they run everything. Like I said, you know, uh, I think Game of Thrones is going to be there. Uh, the, the new Marvel, uh, the Shield TV show is going to be there under the dome, which, which we just talked about in in the intro. They're going to have a panel on Sunday. Uh, so so yeah, there's, it's just really good TV out there, and I'm and I'm glad that it, they have a huge presence this year at at Comic Con. Uh, the other thing I yeah, no- we are too. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say the other thing I noticed. Uh, you guys all see it now. Those of you who are there. Um, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the first time that there's going to be a major rock act performing at Comic Con? Because Metallica is going to be performing there also. Yeah, Metallica will be here, though they won't be performing um, at the convention. But what they've done, they're they're promoting a new film um, uh, 
that uh, they have. One of the cool things, though, that Metallica has done is they're going to, during their panel, they're going to hand out uh, tickets, and 500 of those tickets are going to be special tickets, and those will uh, uh, allow those people to attend a secret concert uh, somewhere in downtown San Diego, uh, and it's just for Comic-Con attendees, so it'll be a nice intimate gathering uh, for fans of Metallica. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not so secret because we're talking about it. Yeah, but we don't know where it is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I think people have speculated where it is, but, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even know. But there's so much going on downtown that um, I'm sure it'll, it'll get out soon. Yeah, th- I mean, th- that that's another thing also I was going to mention is there's a lot of things be- besides just in the convention center. There's there's a, there's a very cool legendary putting on the uh, the Godzilla experience they're calling it, the Walking Dead, um, what is that called? That, that's out there again. Uh, there's right. a lot of there's a lot of things going on outside the convention center, right? Yeah, and you know, you were speaking about television. I mean, NBC has a uh, huge activation right across the street, and they're uh, promoting their new movie Dracula and uh, some other stuff. And, and I think you're right. There's a lot more genre TV shows now than probably ever before. And um, you know, the the networks and the studios are really supporting that. There's a there's an activation for Ender's Game across the street. Uh, you're right, the Godzilla activation. They spent a long time on putting that together, and uh, from what I hear, it's really pretty exciting. I, I hope to get over there. Uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on at Petco Park. Um, you know, they have an interactive zone over there that has some fun stuff. So it really is a Comic-Con campus, if you will, and it's kind of taken over all of downtown. Since there's so much going on and you can pretty much find everything at Comic-Con, are there any exhibitors that you'll say no to appearing at Comic-Con? Yeah, absolutely. If they really don't have a connection to um, the pop culture, um, you know, what our fans really enjoy, then then we probably uh-huh. wouldn't have them in. Sometimes there's some people who have an ancillary connection, but for the most part, you know, with such a... Uh, such a long wait list it doesn't seem really fair to let a an exhibitor in the floor who doesn't really have a tie into comics or film or games or toys or something like that i i don't want to uh, target anybody but uh, specifically but you know i don't know that we we would want somebody in that just doesn't have a connection to uh popular arts yeah so and, and you know and and as it is there is a little bit of everything for everybody already uh, like, like you mentioned, it's, there's there, outside and yeah, in the there convention. is, and, and, I, and I think one of the things too that we we always tell our program participants and our exhibitors as well, and that is, you know, this <clears throat> this might be a marketing opportunity for you, but we don't look at this as a marketing opportunity. We look at this as a as really educational thing. It's a way for these companies, individuals, and, and entities to share information that they have. You know, the best panels and the most popular panels are ones that are truly interactive and and. You know, they talk about new technology, they talk about, you know, new comics, new movies, new toys, new games, whatever it happens to be. And that's the same thing on the floor, too, whether it's new product or old product. When they share that information, that excitement and enthusiasm, everybody wins. I think if you were just going to come in to to sell a widget, uh, you know, our our attendees aren't going to really care about that because they're being marketed to all the time. They want to see stuff that really is specifically something that they would be interested in. Yeah, and and you know, it is kind of marketing, but we see it honestly that the attendees and all of us we see it as Christmas for us, quite honestly. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, because and, and yeah, and you know, it, well, the way and another Christmas uh, 
analogy for it. When we, well, I was, I don't know how you were, David, but when I was a kid, I used to peek at the presents, you know, open a little corner, see what I was going to get. It's kind of the same thing here because you get a peek at, you know, clips, exclusive clips they prepare just for Comic Con and also exclusive trailers for it. So it's kind of like getting a peek at what's coming up next year and into the fall. It is. It's like, you know, it's, uh, it's Christmas in July, it's a four day event that, you know, really. Uh, highlights those things that we really enjoy. And, and another thing, too, I think is really kind of important is it exposes uh, a lot of people to things they may not otherwise have had an interest or knew much about. Because you're into comics doesn't mean that you can't also be into movies or games or stuff like that. But, but also, if you're into movies and games and haven't really picked up a comic, it's a great opportunity to, to explore that. There's some really amazing comic books out there, some really amazingly talented creators, and um, it's an opportunity to kind of expand your horizons. And you're right, there's something for everybody. So hopefully, you know, they'll not only find stuff that they love, but, but new stuff that they'll, they'll grow to love. Yeah, and let's not also forget the, the workshops. If you want to break into the comics industry, there's also workshops to show you how to do it. I mean, there's one, I, I know for a fact, how to write the Marvel way and, and others like that. Yeah, and, you know, we have film... Uh, filmmaking workshops. The people that attend Comic Con, uh, that sit behind the panels, are some of the premier people in, in their their fields. And the people who sit in the audience, uh, a lot of them are incredibly creative people who are you know looking to break into various popular arts industries. You know, we have portfolio reviews, we have workshops, we have panel discussions, and you know it's a, it's a great opportunity to learn stuff, learn more stuff, and actually you know have Q and As with uh, the people who are, you know, uh, the premier people in their field. Yeah, you and I, we've talked about it before, how you know, Hollywood tends to you know, get most of the attention, you know, for, for obvious reasons, being when, you know, when Angelina right. Jolie is there or something. But but uh, the Morgan Spurlock documentary he had last year was that the reason why I liked it so much was because he, he, he took, he lets you see that there's more to Comic-Con than just the movies. There are people that don't even go to the panels. They're just going there hoping that it's their big break into the comic industry or as an artist or, or whatever it is they want to do. So there's that side to Comic-Con, too. It's not just, oh, look, the movies. That's true. And, you know, there's this, uh, there's this uh, great uh, um, comics reporter, um, and I think his blog is called The Comics Reporter, um, uh, named uh, Tom Spurgeon. And it's funny because he loves the show, but he never steps foot inside Hall H or Ballroom 20. And it's not that he doesn't enjoy movies, because he does, but for him there's so much going on in, in, in comics that his whole time is spent, you know, trying to attend as many panels as he can. And, and we hear that a lot. And you're right. The Hollywood does, you know, get a lot of press because when you, when you have an A-list actor, you know, a lot of the, the movie studios or networks spend a lot of money trying to promote that. But, you know, when you come down here, there's a lot to do. There's 600 hours of programming. Yeah, so... It is all happening tonight. Most of you are already there. Like I said, I'm not expecting a lot of downloads. That's okay because I know you guys are at Comic-Con. You guys can listen to it when you come back as you're recuperating. Uh, David, thanks a lot for coming on. You're, you know, you're always welcome here. We'll talk to you again uh, in October for Ape. And have a great Comic-Con. We'll talk to you then. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. The Geek Speak Show will be right back. Toys for you and your eye machine. Bits and Pixels with Mark Doris. Microsoft is sorry in regards to the lack of communication and confusion regarding their choice of words surrounding how the Xbox One or X-Bone, as it's currently being called, 
operated surrounding logins and digital life contents and check-ins every 24 hours on the internet. The Xbox One Chief Product Officer Mark Witten had this to say about all the issues and confusion and what some would call insults towards gamers without an internet connection. He says, uh, I think it's pretty simple. We've got to just talk more, get people understanding what our system is. And that's that could not be better said, Mark. I will say this right now, that, well, perhaps taking uh, talking more would help, but maybe Don Matrick shouldn't talk so much. Oh, that's right. He left Microsoft to go work for Zynga, the company behind the massively successful and extremely boring Farmville. Yes, Matrick does business the way Zynga likes, I suppose, and presumably because Zynga, while having some titles more on more mobile platforms like Apple's uh, iOS and Google's Android, uh, makes online gaming for social media sites like Facebook primarily. Now, Matrick faced a lot of negativity uh, ever since he stood in front of the camera during an interview and harshly told gamers they were out of luck if they didn't have internet and should stick with the Xbox 360 if they didn't like what the Xbox One had to offer. So, that's nice. Uh, I say good riddance, Don. We don't need you. Good luck overseeing Farmville and cows and uh, rich virtual soil or uh, whatever you're going to be doing over at Zynga. The Steam Summer Sale is upon us. The popular online digital rights portal created by the Valve Corporation is slashing prices from July 11th up until July 22nd. We are seeing amazing titles go for as low as $3 or even $4.00. More popular titles that are kind of around the $60 range are getting slashes from anywhere from 40 to 77% off. Now, be sure to check that out and spend some of your own money, just like I uh, I have been. Uh, I picked up personally about maybe half a dozen titles or so in the past couple of days, so I am very quickly going broke. <laughs> uh, SteamPower.com, of course, is a place to go. Uh, and be sure to download the Steam app for your Mac, PC, or Linux platform, whichever one that you're using. They all support it. Uh, and be sure to check out the mobile app for iOS and Android, which you can set up to be informed uh, when and uh, those titles that you want go on sale, and of course, uh, these apps are all free. The Martian Manhunter has been revealed for Injustice Gods Among Us, along with currently now available Zod, Batgirl, Lobo, Scorpion, Mortal Kombat, etc., uh, as well as an alternate skin for Green Lantern. So, be sure to check that out. We're coming out very soon. The uh, fifth anniversary of the Apple Store, uh, online iOS uh, App Store app, rather, um, they just had their fifth anniversary. Lots of apps are going on sale. Uh, a lot of free apps going on right now. I know the critically acclaimed Badland, which is typically a $5 app, uh, is available right now. Infinity Blade 2, I believe, which was $7, is now free. Uh, a lot of apps are getting cut or going on sale for free, so be sure to check those out and download away. Uh, Capcom. They have announced Street Fighter 4, due in 2014 at a currently unexpected, or unspecified rather, date. Um, this was announced at EVO earlier this year. Now, although we don't know exactly what day that it'll be released, we do know it'll be early 2014, so it could be sooner than later, seeing as 2014 is right around the corner. All the playable characters are getting a performance overhaul to level playing field a little bit, so the way they operate in past games should be quite different. New and old playable characters will be making appearances or debuts, uh, including one mystery character that has currently never before seen, uh, has never been seen rather, in a Street Fighter game. Now, new stages and old stages will be available. Some stages will require cost if you want to uh, download those map packs or those side-scrolling uh, battlefields, if you will. Uh, so be sure to check that out here, 2014, and uh, maybe drop 40 or so bucks to get the complete package on Street Fighter 4. Ubisoft has no interest in standalone titles. Tony Key, the vice president of U.S. Sales, said, quote, That's what all our games are about. We don't even start if we don't think we can build a franchise out of it. Now, that quote was in direct response to when asked whether Watch Dogs, the amazing game, which looks really incredible, that has not yet uh, come out, if it's going to get a sequel. 
So pretty much what he's saying that any titles from Ubisoft from here until forever, as long as they have some some success to them, will receive sequels. And Watch Dogs, like I said, uh, an open world game, pretty much do whatever you want, go and and uh, explore and what have you, is going to get at least one, potentially two sequels. So that's good for gamers. Uh, you get to further explore the world of characters uh, you've grown to know and love. Now, there was one other big thing that I was going to mention this week. It kind of spanned about maybe a little bit games and comics and movies. Oh, yes, that's right, Comic-Con. Uh, so, yeah, that's happening this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I know that some of the guys will be down there for the Geek Speak show. You can see Rachel and myself will be down there. I think Rachel will be popping in, I want to say, was it Saturday? Maybe Thursday? I know I'll be there on Friday and Saturday trying to get as many interviews and things that I can, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, so be sure to uh, check in with us next week when we talk about how amazing Comic-Con was, and if you were there, well, then you can appreciate it with us. Otherwise, we'll talk about it, and you can just sit in envy and awe. As, uh, as to we got to experience all the great things that Comic-Con has to offer. Like, for example, the Xbox One and PlayStation 4 will be making their appearances. So, who knows? Maybe yours truly will get a chance to, to, to pick up a controller and play some of those uh, next-gen titles. I guess we'll see. That's all for now, guys. I'm going to go ahead and get ready and pack my bags for Comic-Con. I'll catch you guys next week. This is Mark Zickby, writer, producer, and director of Space Command, and you're listening to the Geek Speak Show. You are listening to the Geek Speak Show, the Comic-Con show. Talk to David Glanzer. He's already, you guys are already, uh, half the team is up there in San Diego already. Mark Zickery, that was him right there. Now he's back on the phone also. Mark, welcome back to the Geek Speak Show. Glad to be back. It's great to be talking with you. Yeah, good, good to have you on here again. Uh, so Space Command is going to have a lot of panels on there. But, but, but before we get started with that, Jessica actually had a question for you. Yeah, Henry. Sure, um, Henry just recently told me um, about Space Command. Could you tell us yes. um, all about it? Yes, absolutely. I'm happy to. Um, well, you know, I grew up with, with the original Star Trek and Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, and I loved, you know, in Star Trek how you had this hopeful vision of the future. It was positive. I mean, the was thrown against them. There were a lot of uh, crises and, and trials, but, but it was essentially hopeful, whereas with science fiction nowadays with Battlestar Galactica and Oblivion and Elysium and Defiance and, you know, After Earth and, you know, all of these, you know, as much as I like many of them, they're very dark and very, I won't quite say hopeless, but definitely finding a hopeful vision in them is very difficult. And so I thought it'd be great fun and, and also, you know, would speak to, to what I wanted to see to create a science fiction show that would essentially cover about 150 years of future history as we go out into space and then lead to the stars. And, uh, and it could be hopeful and positive and, and forward-looking. And uh, <clears throat> so, so I basically created this big story that covers um, five generations of three families over 150 years of future history, big space-going story. And I've written, uh, it's basically uh, structured now as six stories, but it's also a TV series. But we're ba- I've written four, first four screenplays and two further storylines, and we start shooting in the next few months, uh, you know, shooting these films back-to-back. And uh, and I raised the money initially, the initial money on Kickstarter. So we raised uh, two hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars on Kickstarter, which was a record for a fictional film not based on any pre-existing properties. So, uh, so it's been it's been great fun, and I and I brought aboard a lot of my friends from different shows I've written for, and 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 other other people who are whose, whose work I've admired. So it's uh, so we're moving you know full full speed right now. Yeah, you guys can find out on our link section. I have a link to the Space Command movie website. You can find out everything on there. But since we have you on here, Mark, uh, tell us about some yeah. of the actors that will be involved in Space Command. You bet. It's uh, it's great fun. You know, as you know, I wrote for Next Gen and DS9 and Babylon 5 and Sliders and right. tons of other shows. And so, so our shows, in other words. Ba- 
Uh, yeah, yeah, so Mira Furlan from Babylon 5, and she played, also played Danielle on Lost, is aboard. Doug Jones, who's the lead alien in Falling Skies, and he was also in Pan's Labyrinth as, as Pan, and, uh, and he's also uh, Abe Sapien in Hellboy. He's playing a prominent role. Bob Picardo from uh, Voyager, Star Trek Voyager, Armin Shimmerman from Deep Space Nine, Ethan Phillips also from Star Trek Voyager, Bill Mummy from Babylon 5 and Lost in Space, and Dean Haglund, uh, who's the lone gunman in X-Files. Um, you know, I'm just kind of reaching out to a lot of people that I admire, and uh, so that's, so it's going, it's going great, and, uh, and, and then several of them will be on, this, on the panel uh, on, on Friday at, at Comic-Con, the Space Command panel, and then we're also doing a signing, and they'll be at the, at, at the signing as well. So Mira Furlan uh, and Dean Haglund will be on the panel, and then the next Doug Jones will be joining us with Mira and Dean for the signing. So it's going to be uh, just going to be really just a thrill. And when, when and where are the panels? You bet. The panel is, uh, the Space Command panel is uh, Friday night, 8.45 p.m. in hall, in room 5A and B, so it seats thousands of people. And we're going to be giving out free posters and all sorts of stuff. And then the signing is the Geekscape booth, 3919. Saturday at 1.30, and then also uh, Saturday at 6 p.m. I'm doing a panel on Kickstarter to talk about how you, you can do exactly what I've done and raise, you know, a ton of money and, you know, build your own studio and all that stuff. Now, I remember uh, reading on the updates, you, you had a, a global talent search. Have you, have you announced the winners? Are you going That's to announce right. the winners at Comic-Con? We haven't announced yet that, that we're going to announce it at the panel, exactly, because um, because since, since this was crowdfunded and since, you know, everything I've done before, all the hundreds of hours of network TV I've done, that was funded by the studios and networks. I didn't, I didn't have to raise $40 million to make a season of Sliders when I was a producer on that show. But, um, but since, since Space Command, you know, we got our initial boost from uh, you know, people around the world giving us money, I thought it would be very fun to, <clears throat> to cast two of our leads in a similar way. I remembered you know, talent searches from the golden age of Hollywood where you had you know, Scarlett O'Hara, where they had a, a talent search. And I thought it would be very fun to say, to announce, that anyone anywhere in the world could pull down you know, the scenes that we would post on the Internet, they could shoot those scenes, and then we would look at them, and our backers, the people who put in money, could actually vote on, on the finalists, and then we'd have, you know, callbacks, auditions for the finalists and, and make our decisions. So we, it was, but this wasn't for a walk-on. This was for two of our leads. So for two roles, we got 7,000 inquiries and 1,200 videos, and we winnowed it down. And, yeah, at Comic-Con on Friday night, 8.45 p.m., room 5 A and B, we'll be announcing the finalists, the winners, the actual winners of Cadet Bradbury and, and Captain Kemmer, and they will be there in person. And we've actually already shot footage of them that we'll be showing. Uh, we have an all-new reel with special effects and a lot of our actors in costume playing their roles. It's, gonna be, it's just going to be great. I'm, I'm just thrilled. Cadet Bradbury, did you name him for the late Ray Bradbury? Yes. Well, Ray, Ray was a dear friend and mentor to me for many, many years. I, about once a month, I'd go over to his house, and we'd just hang out and talk, and he'd advise me. And, uh, and Ray was just a huge, huge inspiration on me from when I was... I first saw him talk at a library when I was 10 years old, and I think that really kind of set me on the path to be a writer. And uh, so, yeah, it was very much a tip of a hat to, to Ray, you bet. Yeah, a, that, that was pretty cool, I thought. Uh, and, and also, the Global Talent Search, that was, that was perfect, because you always, in, in the, on the Kickstarter page and on uh, SpaceCommandMovie.com, you guys can see it. Every time you do updates, you always end it with the most important person in Space Command is you, us, the, the people yeah. who are supporting yeah. it. So it would, it would be perfect that yeah, you get it from them, from us. Yes, I agree. I mean, I think, that, I think it's a different world now, and I think it's something that the studios and the networks haven't exactly woken up to, which is it's a world audience and a world talent pool. I mean, our special effects are being generated by people here and in Spain and in Germany, all over the world. 
And and the actors, when we got um, video, we got actors from, from again, all around the world, uh, from India, from, from Ireland, you know, London, you name it. And, uh, and, 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 you know, and, and we're casting from people who, you know, who didn't grow up here in Los Angeles. And I think that's fine. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, Hollywood is the dream factory, and it's where a lot of our dreams come true. I, certainly it's been the case for me. And the fact that I can say to anyone anywhere in the world, you have a chance to be in something that's going to be seen by millions of people, um, I'm happy to make that happen. I, I, you know, I, I'm not arrogant about that stuff at all. I, I think it's, uh, you know, if, if someone's talented and they're in Wyoming or in Iowa or wherever, I, I want to know about it, you know. So, uh, so it's, I, I, you know, I'm having the time of my life doing this. Yeah, we're talking to Mark Zegers, the writer, producer, director of Space Command, spacecommandmovie.com. It's on our link section. You guys can go on there and find out everything. They'll have a, p- a couple of panels on at Comic-Con. The main one, July 7th, uh, 17th, or I think it's actually it's Friday, uh, July 19th, 45, room 5AB. That's a yeah. Space Command panel. Without giving it all away, what what are you going to have? What are you gonna, Who and what are you going to have on the panel, for the Space Command panel? Well, basically, it's, it's going to be great. We're going to open with a with, a, with an entirely new reel that we've just generated with new effect shots, new footage with the actors. It's going to be just really exciting, and we're, we're fi- finalizing that reel even as we speak. The, uh, the sound uh, designer from Independence Day is helping us with the sound design. We've got effects guys from Battlestar Galactica and Serenity. I mean, these are the top people, and uh, they're working with us. Doug Jones is in the real Mira Furlan. Uh, you know, many of our actors uh, have, have contributed to that. And, uh, <clears throat> and then on our panel, we're going to have our stars. We're going to have the winners of the talent search. The Air Force has just come aboard as a, you know, to advise us and provide uh, all sorts of facilities and all sorts of things. They're going to be on the panel with us to talk about, about, about Space Command, because they're from the real Space Command. There's a, that's a branch of the Air Force. And uh, we're going to have our special effects supervisor, um, Doug, um, um, Dave Dorman, who's a very famous uh, artist from Star Wars and, and the Magic uh, role-playing game. He's uh, designed our spaceship, so he's going to be on the panel. Uh, it's just going to be, I mean, it's going to be, uh, you know, just, a, just just great fun. Well, Because one thing I very much enjoy as part of making film and TV is the, the collaborative process where, where the character designers and the special effects guys can talk to the actors and vice versa. It's all you know, I'm 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 writing and directing and producing. Uh, my wife Elaine is actually directing and producing with me. We've we've worked together many times over the years, and um, and so I, I I enjoy that that dialogue. And so it'll basically be that dialogue that we've been engaged in for the last year or so in front of an audience. There'll be thousands of people in the audience, and we'll give out new uh, uh, an exclusive. Comic-Con poster, Space Command poster, free to all the attendees. The people who come, they'll be getting free posters. That the next day, they can have our stars sign them at our Geekscape. Geek, 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 it's a little hard to say. Geekscape, Geekscape. signing. They can bring the yeah, poster and it'll be signed. We'll also have, a, we'll also have another poster, uh, an exclusive poster for free, again, at the signing as well. So uh, it's just going to be, uh, if, you know, if you're a Space Command fan, this will be the place to be. And if you're not a Space Command fan but want to learn about it, you'll become a fan coming to this panel. Yeah, we guarantee you that. Uh, you mentioned you're writing the stories now. How soon after you finish the stories, how soon do you hope to start production on Space Command? We're moving directly into pre-production immediately after Comic-Con. So we'll be shooting December, January. We'll be in ongoing production on the first three films, shooting back-to-back. And then uh, we'll take a brief break to shoot my wife's feature. And then we're going to shoot the next three Space Command films. So, uh, so within a year, we'll have a lot of material uh, ready to put out to the world. And... Uh, you know, so it's, it's basically a TV model. It's very much what we did on Deep Space Nine or Babylon 5. You build your standing set and you shoot story after story after story. This is not unusual for television. It's, it's what we do in TV, and it's a model I very much enjoy. So, uh, 
so that's that's definitely what we're doing. So we're, we're in, in a way we've sort of been in pre-production for many months already because we've been generating designs and effect shots and costumes and you name it. In fact, the uh, the uh, the costume fabricator who built the Superman S in the new Superman uh, film, that terrific looking S, is is aboard. His name is Mike Philpott, and he's been putting together. Um, costumes from Ian McCaig's design. Ian, Ian's our co- character designer, and he's working with J.J. on Star Wars now, and of course he designed Darth Maul and Queen Amidala. So, so again, the level of talent we have is, um, you know, I, the, the great part is that when you, <clears throat> I've been very gratified because I've basically reached out to all <clears throat> my most talented friends, and they've all said yes, and they've all come aboard. So it's, um, you know, <clears throat> this is sort of a dream team, and, uh, uh, and uh, on Friday night we'll be showing a lot of what we've been up to. Yeah, so, so you guys had yeah, one, one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns that I've ever seen in that, and anybody's ever really seen. But even today, how can our listeners still get involved with, with Space Command? Well, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're, we're actually open for investment capital on, the, on, the, on films 2, 3, 4, 5. We're going to be announcing that at, at the panel that people, if people want to invest, they can. But also, if someone is a special effects guy or if they're a designer, or, you know, they can reach out to us, and we're very open to talented people from anywhere in the world. And we're going to also be auditioning actors for a lot of the different roles. So we're very inclusive. And uh, it's not like the, like um, a big closed gate on the Hollywood studios where they don't want people. We do. We want people to participate in any way they can. And uh, if it's with money, that's great. We welcome, you know, <laughs> more money the better. And, and if it's with, with talent or just encouragement or just anything to spread the word, every, every little bit helps. So um, we're very much a team effort, and the team, in this case, is the entire world. Anyone who wants to be part of this is welcome to be part of it. And if you want to do that, it's spacecommandmovie.com. Have a link up on our link section. You guys can go there and take a look at everything that they're up to. And, and uh, again, one more time, Mark, give us the panels and the signings, the times, and when, are, when it's going to be. You bet. Well, the earliest to, to actually see me on the panel is 11 a.m. on Thursday. I'm on a panel about how to make your dreams come true. You know, you're, you're, you're making your, your project come to reality. I don't know the room number yet on that, but it's, it's 11 a.m. on Thursday. Then the Space Command panel is Friday night, 8.45 p.m., uh, room 5A and B. Then the next day, Saturday at 1.30, we do the signing at the Geekscape booth. And then Saturday at 6 p.m., I'm on, I'm on the Kickstarter panel. And, uh, and that'll also, it's not just me on that panel, but it's other people whose Kickstarter campaigns I've been counseling and who have been succeeding hugely on Kickstarter. So we're happy to share all our secrets and how people, uh, people have their dreams come true. So now you guys know where to go to find out everything Space Command. And also, if you guys have an idea yes. for a Kickstarter, the, the panel on Saturday, that's also where you find out how to do that also. So, Mark Zeke, thanks a lot for coming on. You know you're welcome anytime. Hope to come back when you give, give us an even bigger update on, on Space Command. You bet. Well, Henry, Jessica, thanks so much. It's been a great time. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, Mark. Have a great Comic-Con. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. The Geek Speak Show will be right back. Comics Commentary with Jessica Nidon on the Geek Speak Show. Hey, so there's a lot going on in the comic book world this week. Um, first off, Dynamite Entertainment recently announced that they have acquired the rights to publish comic books based on the science fiction anime Robotech. This is in a sub-license agreement with DC Entertainment and with Harmony Gold USA. Dynamite Entertainment will publish a new series beginning with a Robotech slash Voltron crossover event. And if you don't know, you're not familiar with Robotech or Voltron, um, the Robotech series debuted in 1985 and Voltron launched in the U.S. in September of 1984, so these are some pretty cool 80s classics coming back to life. If I had some Star Wars music, I'd be queuing it up right now. Um, you may know in 1974, before producing Star Wars Episode Four, George Lucas drafted an early screenplay titled The Star Wars. 
Well, now that screenplay will come to life in an eight-issue miniseries from Dark Horse Comics. Yeah, pretty cool. J.W. Rensler, exclusive editor at Lucas Books, will be the writer, and it will feature art by Mike Mayhew. That will be in store September 4th. Dynamite just announced that legendary writer-slash-artist Howard Chaikin will write his first new tale of The Shadows in nearly 30 years. The Shadow Midnight in Moscow will take place three decades prior to the events of his critically acclaimed Blood and Judgment series. Howard will be both writer and artist for this new tale. And on to IDW Publishing. Um, IDW just announced a new miniseries that spins out of the blockbuster Star Trek Into Darkness. This October, Star Trek Con will show readers just how the master villain of Star Trek Into Darkness became the intergalactic menace seen in the blockbuster film. In six issues, Khan's secrets will be unlocked and the origin of his evil will finally be uncovered. And IDW also announced a new limited series from the mind of Minton 3. Minton 3 is ready to take a new dark path into a world that is not what it seems in the Memory Collectors. That will be in stores this October. And Dynamite proudly announces the number one New York Times best-selling author, Tony Lee. You may know him from Doctor Who, Star Trek The Next Generation. Well, he will be writing for the upcoming Battlestar Galactica Starbuck 4 issue miniseries. The Starbuck miniseries is based on the classic 1978 version of Battlestar Galactica. This miniseries will spotlight the origin of character Starbuck. It seems like this October has a lot of exciting stuff coming up in comic books. For one, this October is the 10th anniversary of The Walking Dead, and issue number 115 will feature 12 different covers. And also in October, there will be the Walking Dead number 1 10th anniversary edition in full color for the first time ever. You might want to pre-order that one. And there's a lot of great books coming out this week. For July 17th, here are just a couple of them. For Dark Horse, we have Blood Brothers number 1, Conan the Barbarian number 18, Dream Thief number 3, IDW Publishing, X-Files Season 10 number 2, Dinosaurs Attack number 1, Doctor Who Classics number 3, G.I. Joe Special Missions number 5, plus there's a lot more. Way too much for me to name off the whole list. We'd be here for hours. If you would like to see the whole list, you can check that out on our website. It's finally here. This weekend is Comic Con. If you aren't going, don't worry about it because we will be there. Well, some of us will be there, not me personally. But the Geek Speak Show will be out there and we will have some reports from you from Comic Con. If you want to check those out, you can find those on our website and on our YouTube channel. That's Comics Commentary with Jessica Nidon. Jessica at thegeekspeakshow.com. This is Mark Zigby, writer, producer, and director of Space Command, and you're listening to the Geek Speak Show. Speak show getting ready for Comic Con. Most of you are already there. I'm expecting not that many downloads, but like I said, if, if you do download it, if, if you're still on the road trip, it's a good show to listen to. So, just heard from David Glanzer, Mark Zeke. We just heard him there, and he's also came on and gave us a little update on Space Command. But right now, back on the show, we should make you a regular now. It's uh, Dr. Andrea Letamendi. Hi again. Hi, thanks for having me on again. Thanks for coming back on again. The last time we had you on was for the fake geek girl conversation. And before that, we did the uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars. You're going to do that again. You, you mentioned the last time you were on. The panel is going to be there. Now you're confirmed for two more panels. So let's let's tell everybody where they can see you. Obviously, you're going to be all over Comic-Con, but let's tell them exactly where and when they can see you at Comic-Con. 
Sure. It's going to be a crazy couple of days when we, uh, when the, the show first starts. I have uh, three panels across Thursday and Friday. The first one is Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. It's the most dangerous women at Comic-Con, dual identities. So I am joined by a whole bunch of fantastic um, women, uh, actresses, stunt women, cosplayers, um, outspoken um, bloggers, gamers, and, and comic book creators. And uh, Katrina Hill is the moderator and essentially the the woman behind these uh, Most Dangerous Women um, series, essentially, as she's done these panels at WonderCon and Comic-Con the last few years. And uh, so I'm extremely honored and excited to be joined by Ashley Eckstein from Her Universe and Erin Gray, Jessica Marizan, and... Um, America Young and a few more um, fantastic ladies who are going to represent different aspects of um, dual identities, which is essentially having um, having roles uh, in this community that can seem, um, you know, very different from each other. Yeah, I'm glad you kind of brought that up because so few people say, you know, why why are they so dangerous? What makes them so dangerous? They're not, you know, physically dangerous or anything like that. It's just that they're just so what they do online is just so awesome that they have to have their own panel. Is that a good way to describe it? Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you for clarifying that. I am the least dangerous person at at Comic-Con. I am not going to take a pen and stab you. Um, I am the opposite of that. But yeah, what we mean by dangerous is just sort of having really intriguing, interesting um, personalities and aspects of our, um, you know, our role in this, in this geek community. And so for me personally, it means not just being a psychologist and having psychological insight, from that sort of academic and scholarly side, but also um, being sort of involved in the community as a cosplayer, um, being involved in, with DC Comics as a character in their Batgirl title. So just sort of having um, what may seem like different roles uh, in the community and kind of talking about um, how we navigate those those roles um, as you know, as women who have a voice, as women who have different perspectives, and and hopefully as women who are influential in this community. Yeah, that's what makes you really cool. That's what why Rachel and I love having you on because not only can you tell us that Star Wars is the greatest ever, but she can also explain to you why you think Star Wars is the greatest <laughs> ever. Exactly, I have evidence to back it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so when when is that when is that panel again? So that panel is Thursday. Um, from 6 to 7 p.m., it is in room 7AB. Okay, so 6 p.m., remember that. Room 7AB, that's on uh, Thursday, so when you guys are getting ready to leave, don't, because you have one more thing to go to. Yeah. Uh, the ne- the uh, the one that we did here on the show, and we, we saw it also at WonderCon, is the, the Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars panel. When When is that one going to happen? So the Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars panel is, we called it episode two, um, because as you know, at WonderCon, um, both myself and another psychologist brought um, you know, this, this concept, this topic uh, to, uh, you know, to the WonderCon schedule. So we're, we're bringing it back as episode two. It's essentially myself and Dr. Ali Matu, who's another um, clinical psychologist, and we are essentially pitting Star Wars and Star Trek together or against each other, but really relying um, on the psychological science of two franchises. So we're going to be talking about things like the characters, um, the universes, um, some of the most important topics, and um, and the context, again, is, is psychology. 
Uh, our special guests include John Champion and Young, who are both uh, kind of representing Star Trek and Star Wars uh, in their own right. And it is moderated by um, Brian Ward, who is um, who has moderated several Comic-Con panels and is going to be um, sort of the unbiased but very knowledgeable uh, ref referee uh, with uh, with this debate. And I'm glad you're calling it episode two, not a special edition, because special edition would mean that, you know, you'd, whatever happened at WonderCon, you would change the answers or whatever is said. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing that, you know, uh, last time we talked, I discussed a little bit about some of those themes. And we even discussed some of those themes with Ron Roddenberry um, uh, the last time that I talked to you. But um, we decided that, you know, the panel at WonderCon went really well. We really uh, had a great debate and we're going to cover some new topics. We're going to ask some different questions and we're going to get the audience involved. And, you know, we really don't don't want to just ask the same questions that, that we've, you know, sort of been talking about before. So it's going to be a whole new aspect and a, a whole new uh, debate here. Okay, so, so that one again is on, uh, on Friday, 730 in room 24 ABC. And all of you remember... The, the the loudest one there won't be on the panel. It'll be Rachel somewhere in the audience. You know, <laughs> I will look like, for Rachel because um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, she is on the Star Wars side, and um, hopefully she will rally the troops and uh, and make some noise for us. She's gonna walk in there with her light, lightsabers and everything. And all that. Yeah, she'll she'll definitely on your side. Yeah. Um, so the the next panel, where where and when is that going to be? <laughs> so if that's not um, enough to do, there's actually. Uh, I'm on a third panel, which um, is on Thursday at 7. So just as a reminder, the, the first one we talked about was 6 o'clock on Thursday um, regarding the most dangerous women of Comic-Con. Right after that, at 7 o'clock, um, I'm on a panel called First Look, Necessary Evil, Supervillains of DC Comics. And um, this is essentially... Um, a big announcement. It's going to explore and talk about this all new documentary called Necessary Evil, Supervillains of DC Comics. And it's this really fantastic collection of um, creators and artists and writers and folks behind the scenes, folks involved with DC Comics for years and years talking about um, essentially, you know, the inner workings of um, of bad guys, of villains in uh, DC Comics history. So I am incredibly honored to join Jeff Johns and Andrea Romano in um, what I'm hoping is going to be a really exciting uh, panel just all about baddies. And who more, more perfect than somebody who actually, under, like I said, understands why they're the villain. Right, right. So my role in that panel is definitely to wear the psychology hat and to talk about the psychological underpinnings, the development of, um, you know, bad behavior and, you know, what might make, uh, what might create a villain, right? What kinds of events and important factors might lead someone to develop into a villain versus um, a superhero or, um, or someone who's pro-social. Yeah, and and again, going back to the uh, the Star Trek versus Star Wars, when the, I know we mentioned it, Dre mentioned it on the show last time, we were, and when Rod was on, he can't be on the panel because he's not going to be at Comic Con this time because you know he's got something a little bit bigger going on. His yeah. wife is going to give birth, so that's yeah. why he's not going to be at Comic Con. He um, will be missed. Yeah, he was on last week, and, and, and you know, again, he said congratulations to you guys, and uh, he still said next time. Don't know when that next time is going to be. Maybe here on the show, maybe at WonderCon or next year at Comic Con. We'll see when the next time is. Uh, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all all those panels. That's where you're going to be. You, of course, you're going. If you 
have a chance to get out of there and you don't you know drop from exhaustion from all those panels you're probably gonna walk I'm, I'm assuming you're gonna walk the floor if you can I am I'm gonna take some opportunities to um, check out the floor there are um, there are some really great panels I you know I looked at the schedule I know it's a very very um, it can be overwhelming to kind of see the schedule because there's a lot going on. There's a panel on Sunday at four o'clock and it's about diversity in comics. And I'm not on that panel, but um, I am, I have circled it because I think that that's another very important topic that doesn't really get a lot of credit or attention. And um, Tony Kim, a friend of mine is, is on that panel. And, and I um, suggest that if people are not doing anything Sunday at four, this is, um, this is a fantastic uh, topic to be discussed. Yeah, and, and I don't know if you noticed. Also, Rachel and I were talking about this when we started the show. There's a there's a big TV presence this this time this year in a, at Comic Con. Uh, movies, you know, they're, they're there. They're always there. But TV, and I, you know, I was saying, I think it's because that reflects the fact that, in my opinion, I think right now is some of the best genre TV is on television, both cable and on on network television. Would would, would you agree with them? Yeah, I mean, some folks are sort of upset or disappointed that that has sort of been um, more of a theme with some of the panels and talks. But um, I think there's some quality there. I, I think that the writing is good. I think that we have a lot of um, panels and discussions that kind of integrate um, a lot of these themes. Like the the supervillains of DC Comics doesn't just focus on the comic books. You know, they focus on... Um, the you know Batman the animated series um, the films and other um, other media that include these really important characters so I'm really um, an advocate of integrating the different um, different variations and ways that we're exposed to comics and um, and I'm seeing more of that yeah so so again you can catch Drea um, all over Comic Con but for sure she will be Thursday at a couple of panels the first uh, the first one is at 6 p.m. was it right the most dangerous yeah. woman yeah. Mm-hmm. in uh, room 7AB. Then don't forget the Warner Brothers presents the DC Villains panel. That's at 7 uh, in room 6. Uh, Friday, 7.30 will be the Psychology of Star Trek versus Star Wars episode 2. So make sure you go on there and help them win this time because, you know, Rachel doesn't like me to say it, but the trick side actually won at WonderCon. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's, that's, uh, that was based on audience applause, so I'll give it to them. Yeah, well, Rachel will be there. She'll you know she'll be loud enough to win this time around. Excellent. So again, I, um, I know you're busy with going to be busy with Comic Con, but do you have anything else after Comic Con coming up where we can see you? Uh, definitely. There's a there's a few things um, coming up. As I mentioned, that documentary that is um, being announced um, at Comic Con will actually come out. It will be distributed by Warner Brothers on October 25th. So when that comes out, um, we'll probably be talking about it more, and uh, perhaps there will be some events that um, that I'll let you know about. So I see another reason for you to come back on the show. <laughs> Potentially, yes. <laughs> yeah, and you, you know you're always welcome here. So Dr. Andrea Littamendi, you guys can follow her online on Twitter. Uh, go directly there. I have a link on up on our website. You can go there, underthemaskonline.com, if you want to read all her stuff on there. And you, uh, your schedule's on there also if you get, in case you guys want to see her after comic-con so drea thanks a lot have a fun comic-con i won't be there this time around but rachel will so you guys have fun out there and like i said you're welcome back anytime awesome thank you watch it don't watch it let's find out please make a note of it pacing pete's movie reviews exclusively on the geek speak show so i saw pacific grim this past week 
And going into it, I really didn't have high expectations. I didn't know what to expect. And you may say, well, the trailers were awesome. They were cool. Well, how many times have we seen a movie that pretty much showed us everything we needed to know in the trailer? Plenty of times. Yeah, the trailer looked awesome. The action, the visuals, it, it looked really cool. You know, and, and I say that just, and, and I say that my expectations weren't high because, not because of the trailer or, or anything of that, but we've seen this premise done many, many times. Humanity versus aliens. Um, in all kinds of forms. And we end up getting an hour and a half long snooze fest about characters we really could care less, live or die. Fill, and it's just filled with a bunch of action sequences. That's it. And they, they just, they're not very good. The last movie to really, in my opinion, pull this off well was Independence Day. We haven't seen one since then. Well, coming out of Pacific Rim, let's just say that it blew away anything I had, any any kind of negative, any kind of negativity I might have had towards this movie. And I really didn't have a lot. Like I said, my expectations were just not very high. But it is just amazing. It is the perfect summer blockbuster movie. I don't think I enjoyed this. I don't think I've enjoyed this movie or had this much fun at a movie since Man of Steel. I mean, there is so much awesome action in this film. And it's not just the action. It's done well. It looks really cool when it's done. For example, the 3D. I am not a fan of 3D at all. Let me just say that right now. Give me IMAX over 3D any day of the week. Now, real quickly, you might say, well, there's IMAX 3D. They're not the same. But the 3D done in this movie is really, really good. It really gets you that much more into the movie, as it should. It's supposed to. And they use, they, they do a great job of using this technology well. It just, it makes it so much more awesome. You know, the, the characters are great. I actually wanted some of them to live. You know, I, it wasn't a thing where, okay, you know, talk, 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 blah, 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 get to the next thing. There was some slow moments. I'm, I'm not going to lie and say, you know, it was perfect. There were some moments, like any movie, it has its flaws. But I definitely think that what went on well in the movie far surpassed anything that you could nitpick at. And that, and, and beyond, and that's really, if, if you hear anyone really talking bad about it, it's just nitpicky. You know, sit back and enjoy it. You know, it might have weak dialogue. You know, it might come off B-movie-esque, but that's not a bad thing. It's a really well-done action summer blockbuster movie. You know, even the comedy, the comic relief, you know, in the form of Charlie Day, who's one of the scientists who a lot of people might know him from Always Sunny in Philadelphia, he is hilarious. He's, he's a great uh, addition to that movie. And you're not going to get to a point where, you know, oh, is he going to, you know, is, is this guy going to get too much where I'm going to hate him? Am I gonna hate his character? Am I gonna want him to die? And I think no, you're not. You're not gonna get to that point. And I think they did a very good job of, of that, and they balanced it really well. I'll just say this: I wasn't bored at all throughout the entire movie. You know, Edris Elba does his you know total tough guy routine, and he's really, really, really good at it. Uh, Charlie Hunnaman, who people know from Sons of Anarchy, was a great lead character. Um, a guy who has to go through a lot of emotional adversity to get where he is at the end of the film. You know, you, you find yourself, you know, cheering for him and rooting for him, you know, not just for his Jaeger that he's in, the mech warrior, the Jaeger as they call him in the movie, you know, and fighting the kaiju 
you know, the aliens, you don't seem, you don't find yourself just cheering for, you know, the machine or that cause. You, you find yourself cheering for the guy. And I thought that was really good because anytime you can get behind the character, it, it's always a win, you know, because that is adds so much more to the movie and you enjoy it that much more. You know, like I said, this movie was balanced very well with the story, with the action, you know, and, be, and Guillermo del Toro did actually talk about that in an interview we did with him last week where he was talking about balancing the story and balancing the action because you get too much of one of those and your movie isn't the same. You know, it becomes too much action. It becomes too much story. It becomes reliant on those things. And I think he did a great job of, of balancing everything out and making it enjoyable for everyone. It was just a great summer movie. It was a great summer blockbuster. And in the month of July, I don't think there's too many movies like that where you're gonna get tons of action and tons of good story. You know, we have other movies come out like, you know, X, X-Men, uh, or the Wolverine, I should say, not X-Men or Wolverine. The Wolverine's coming out. But, you know, as far as action story, like I've been saying, I think you found a good pick here. And I would not hesitate to run to this movie as fast as you can. Do not waste time. Go see it when you can. Go see it in 3D because you're going to enjoy it so much more. Hit me up. My email is pacingpete at thegeekspeakshow.com or hit me up on Twitter at pacingpete. See you guys next week and uh, let's get ready for Comic-Con, hey? Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. You are watching and or listening to Geek Speak Show. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching it with your ears. Oh, you just listen. Yeah, just keep on listening. We're going on with the Comic-Con show. Now, we talked to David Glanzer, who plans all of Comic-Con, WonderCon, everything for you. We were talking about how it's not just in the convention center, that stuff going on there. There's a ton of stuff going on in the convention centers. There's also things happening outside, activities such as uh, Legendary's got that Godzilla experience. The Walking Dead has their thing going on there. Something really cool happening on Thursday at 7 p.m. at the Balboa Theater it's called Woodstock, Woodstock 5.0. On to talk about it, there are a couple of the co-founders, Paul and Storm. You guys know them. Uh, Paul and Storm, welcome to the Geek Speak Show. Hey, thank you. Hey, good to be here. Thanks for coming on. So first question for those of the few that may not know, what is Woodstock? Uh, Woodstock is a, a nerdy, geeky variety show uh, with music and uh, some celebrities doing their thing that takes place in the Balboa Theater, 1,300-seat theater uh, of epic length. It often runs... It's, uh, it's co-hosted by us and also by Will Wheaton, who everybody knows from Star Trek The Next Generation and Stand By Me and Big Bang Theory, and also by Adam Savage from uh, Mythbusters. Yeah, it, it, it's an awesome idea. And, and, and how, the second question is, how did, how did you guys come up with it, and how did you go make it go from just the idea to making it actually happen? Uh, we actually, it started out, Storm and I were going to be touring the West Coast. This is actually five years ago at this point. We're coming up on a tour of the West Coast, and we were kind of interested in maybe doing a show with somebody else. And we called Will, uh, because we had done some shows with him in the past and knew it worked well. And it kind of really quickly evolved over the phone. We had recently met Adam and knew that he gave talks and such, and we said, well, if we're going to be in San Francisco where he lives, let's see if Adam wants to do it. And it all kind of snowballed into, well, if it's going to be the, you know, the three acts, let's make it a whole variety show and have some friends in it. Just snowballed into this four, four and a half hour 
uh, epic show, and it went really well, and we had a ball doing it. So now we just, whenever the four of us can get into the same city at the same time, we try and organize one. And for tomorrow's show, who are going to be the acts? Uh, let's see. Uh, there is going to be Nathan Sawaya, who is a Lego master builder. He's like a Lego sculptor. You've seen his stuff online. Uh, go ahead. We have uh, 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 Patrick Rothfuss, uh, writer of the King Killer series. Uh, Molly Lewis, who is uh, a wonderful singer-songwriter. Also Garfunkel and Oates, uh, a great comedy music duo. They, uh, they have an HBO pilot coming up. And Aisha Tyler. Yeah, Aisha Tyler from uh, Friends and The Soup and, and the, the Talk and her own awesome comedy specials. And Jonah Ray, a uh, great stand-up comedian who also is one of the co-hosts of the Nerdist podcast. And we're also going to have some great surprise guests that we can't really talk about, but man, is it going to be awesome. Very secret, very awesome. Okay, that, that sounds really awesome. Um, where can we get tickets if we want to go? Uh, if you go to, uh, there's a link at wootstock.net and also through paulandstorm.com or I think the, the direct website I think is sandiegotheaters.org. But basically if you run a search for Wootstock 5.0 or even just Wootstock, it'll probably get you there pretty quick. Well, to make it easy for you guys, I've got uh, wootstock.net linked up on our, our main website so you guys can go through there if you want to get tickets for that. Uh, so we're talking to Paul and Stormder, one of the co-founders of Woodstock, Woodstock 5.0. Again, happening tomorrow as we record this Thursday, 7 p.m. Balboa Theater in San Diego. So if you want to take a break from Comic-Con, go sit back, relax. They will entertain you. Lots of surprise guests. They can't tell you who it is or it wouldn't be a surprise. So for you guys, uh, after Woodstock, what, what, what else you guys got coming up that you can tell us about? Oh, we're uh, we're working on uh, putting out our next album. We're rec- writing, recording songs for that. Uh, we're hoping to actually run a Kickstarter for that, uh, probably around September. And otherwise, we can you know continue to work a few cons over the summer. We're going to be at Dragon Con in Atlanta in uh, uh, August, and uh, we'll you know go go tour to support our new album when that comes out. We also have uh, we helped uh, create and we run. Joko Cruise Crazy, which is a seven-night Caribbean cruise we do with Jonathan Colton, and a lot like Woodstock, we have a lot of really awesome guests on that, and you can uh, you can find that at jokocruisecrazy.com. Yeah, and, and speaking of songs, I also got to say congratulations. You guys had a, one of your songs was featured in Despicable Me Too, which was number one twice for two oh, weeks. Yeah, we were real excited to get that phone call. That was uh, such a such a wild thing to uh, to see the song done up on the screen like that. They really they really did a really awesome job with it, and especially done by the Minions. That that must must have made it even more special. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's a, and and also, you know, have you ever thought about you got? I have never gone to Woodstock yet, but I know people who have, and they they just come out just raving about it. Have you guys ever thought about recording it and putting it on DVD or online somewhere? We have talked about it. Um, it was actually, uh, last year's show was live-streamed, and this year's will be as well. We're going to be posting a link to that. Uh, and I th- the, the, it's, the people that do the, the live-streaming also usually chop it up uh, and, and put it out in sections on YouTube as well. And it is great to, to see it that way, although it's really hard to really capture the energy when you're in that room. Yeah. It's like a rock show, yeah, the way the, the vibe is. There's, there's something special about getting 1,300 nerds into a room and showing them a bunch of nerd-friendly entertainment. Uh, it's really, uh, 
it's not to sound cheesy, but it's an incredibly positive vibe. Like, everybody is having a good time in the audience, on stage, backstage. Uh, it's just a great, great night. And, and, we look and, forward to it every year. Yeah, again, like I said, I, ha I haven't gone to one yet, keyword being yet, but, but um, you know, you guys obviously, you know, have you, you, you sing, you, you have your music there. Um, what does what does Will do? What does Will Wheaton do? What is, when, when he gets on there, what does he do? He actually uh, he's also he's been a writer for a number of years. Has a number of books uh, uh, from entries on his blog, and short stories, and and memoirs and things like that. So he usually does some sort of combination of, of readings from some of his stuff that he has uh, has written. And also lately, uh, I can't 100% vouch for this, but I know he has been doing some stand up lately. Uh, that has been working very well. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up doing sort of Will Wheaton nerd stand-up uh, at this year's Woodstock. And we also, uh, for, for some of his stories, we worked them up sort of this American lifestyle where we'll have little songs that help to flesh out uh, the feel of the story as he reads them. So that's the unique thing. That... And he will probably, uh, he'll probably bust on Shatner a little bit. That's <laughs> you. <laughs> Yeah, that I would like to see Will doing stand-up. I've never seen that. Uh, so, again, it's, it's Paul and Storm. They're one of the co-founders of Woodstock, along with uh, Will Wheaton and Adam Savage. You guys can catch them on there, along with some of their friends. It's happening July 18th, Thursday, uh, 7 p.m. at the Baboa Theater in San Diego. You guys can go to our link section, woodstock.net, if you want to go there directly. You guys get some tickets. Go out there. Relax from the craziness of Comic-Con and let them entertain you for a little bit. So, Paul and Storm, thanks a lot for coming on. You know you guys are welcome back anytime. Thank you for having yeah, thanks. Yeah, and, and enjoy Comic Con and have a great Woodstock. Thank you. Hey, it's Todd McFarlane, creator of Spawn and one of the original founders of Image Comics. And you're listening to Geek Speak Show. Thanks for coming. It is the Geek Speak Show. Let's finish it up as we talk Comic Con. I am tired and we haven't even gone to him. It's not even, well, it's preview night, but that's, that's not so later tonight. But I am tired. We heard from everybody who, well, some of the people that are going to be there at Comic Con. Jessica, you actually, you know, you're our comics commentator. You thanks for being on the show for the whole for the whole thing, right? Filling in for Rachel, but you're actually telling me during one of those breaks you haven't experienced Comic Con yet. No, I haven't. I well, wish I have. That's actually a good thing because, huh? believe it or not, you're not the only one. There are some people who this will be their first Comic Con. Um, our own guy, Pacing Pete, does a reviews now. This will be his second Comic Con. So he's kind of got a you know one Comic Con under his belt, but he's still you know sort of new, sort of new. You all remember Ariel? She was on with us last year. She's on the floor, not literally. I don't think Ariel, you not literally on the floor, are you? I am not literally on the floor, no. But I am already in San Diego, ready to get my con on. She's in a chair outside Hall H, waiting for I don't know what is the big panel this year. Well, you know, for me, there's going to be a um, a Joss panel, and there's going to be the um, the Avengers follow up TV show is going to have a panel there. So um, that's what everybody I know is talking about and is really excited, and that's what all of the sleeping bags around me are for. And she's not kidding. Though. She 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 goes prepared because. You can call her a veteran now, a Comic-Con veteran. So I figured for Jessica and everybody who this will be their first Comic-Con, give us some tips here. Well, how do you make it a, a fantastic experience? Because you, know, you can't get past the lines no matter what. It's, gonna, it's, it's a part of it. Kind of like when you go to Disneyland, you know you're going to have to wait in line. Same thing here. 
But how do you make it fun while waiting in line or just, just trying to walk around the exhibit floor? Well, it's really not that hard. One of the best things to do early on is to really get familiar with the convention center. You don't want to hear that so-and-so is in Ballroom 20 and they're giving out awesome freebie stuff and then start walking the wrong way because you're turned around and lost. So there's the Comic-Con program guide has good maps. You can sort of walk around and get a feel for the space um, in between panels or when you're doing other stuff and, and try to do that early on so that you can really make the most of the, that knowledge when you are there. The second most important thing, well, possibly the first most important thing, is you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared to be in those lines, and you need to be able to um, eat something, drink something, move around, all of that stuff. So what you want to do is you want to bring kind of like a small bag. You don't want a ginormous backpack because it will be a problem getting through the crowd if you've got a ginormous backpack. So bring like a swim bag, like a messenger bag or something small where you can fit a snack, preferably something with protein. You can bring some water so you don't get thirsty, maybe some candy just in case of low blood sugar because seriously, this is this is a long haul event and you want to make sure that your body is is <laughs> you want to make sure that you've got the nutrition to keep going Nutriated, for the whole time. I think is created. <laughs> yes, it's a word now. Well, it is now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you want to you want to keep your body so it can hold up. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Remember that. And also, I really wish somebody had told me to bring sunscreen because I thought I would be inside all the time. But a lot of the lines go to the outside, and they, some of them have shade, but a lot of them don't. And then you're in the San Diego summer sun, and I got a really bad sunburn my first year. So you know, get a little like travel size thing of sunscreen so that you've got it. Well, you, you know, um, one thing you forgot in there, and I would, I would, I would honestly would say this is the, the the most important thing, and I don't know how many times I've said to people, you know, they're going for the first time, and Henry, how do I, you know, what's the, what should I do, what should I take to Comic Con? Biggest thing, comfortable shoes, very important. Unless you're costuming, and then God bless you, sirs and madams, because the shoes that the cosplayers wear is so impressive. If you're not cosplaying, yeah, wear comfortable shoes. Um, also, although I thought you were going to say, Henry, I thought you were going to say a Sharpie. Because seriously, you want a Sharpie with you at all times. Well, you wait, do not know what? who you might run into. You don't know who you're going to run into. And oh, you're like okay. walking down. You're like coming out of the bathroom. There's Stan Lee going into the bathroom. And you're like, what? Wait a minute. Is that a reference right to there? my my experiences at, at cons, at Comic Cons, Wonder Cons? For, for whatever reason, I seem, I seem to meet everybody in the bathroom. Yes, Henry, I was absolutely referencing your experiences. Well, now that we made it sound like that, not that kind of meeting in the bathroom. Um, <laughs> there was no wide stand. No, no. Well, no. but the other thing I was going to say also, actually, is when, like I said, lines, you know, you can't get away from that. But when you're in line, yes, I know we're geeks and, you know, that stereotype is there. You don't make friends. Make friends. You're among family there. Make friends and it'll, it'll make the time pass thunder. faster. That is absolutely the next thing to do. Um, see, talk to the people around you, find out what they're interested in, like ask them what they're most excited about at the con, or you could, you know, share a little bit of what you're waiting for. If for no other reason, you want friends around the line for you, because at some point you're going to need to go to the bathroom again, the biological imperative. 
Um, and if you can be able to turn to somebody and be like, hey, I'm just going to go and I'll be right back, it's cool. Um, and you'd be surprised the ways that people will start to look out for you as you uh, get friendly with them and start chit-chatting with them. I've become Twitter friends with people that I met in line, and I'm like, and I still keep up with them, and now it's Comic-Con, and I'm like, hey, you're in town, let's talk. It's such a great way to meet people. They're all people who are there because they're passionate about something, as passionate about something as you are about your thing. The other thing also, while you're waiting in line, you remember you and Rachel last year, you kept trying to tell me, to, you know, you need to get a phone that's, you know, from the 21st century. I actually listened to Rachel. Oh, yeah. I do have one of those smartphones now. So I would say hey, use those, you know, for games, whatever, but bring something else besides your phone or at least bring a charger for the phone or extra battery. Bring what are those called? The the PS Vitas or something that that's not not a phone because you're going to need your phone eventually you know, to call your friends or something. So bring comic books, bring books, bring bring anything that's not on not on your phone to entertain while well, yourself while you're in line. You're also going to be at Comic Con, so you know, grab some of the free comics that the independent artists are going to be handing out, or yeah. go over to one of the sellers and pick up a couple of back issues of something you've been meaning to read. And oh, by the um, way, because yeah, you, let, you let don't want to have that. to lean on your phone. Yeah, but speaking of phones, is there an app? Does Comic Con have an app or no? They do. They absolutely have an app, and I have I've put it on my phone. It's on my home screen now, and it's looking pretty good. It's got uh, schedule stuff in there. They've got different information about vendors and things. It's, it's a fairly robust app. Um, I'm hoping it's going to turn out to be useful for me. And the other thing also is, well, I want to I want steal your thunder again. You, you keep going with whatever you have your list that you have. Oh, no, no. All my thunder is stolen now. I'm just going to follow up with what you say. I brought no, my Mjolnir after um, all. Well, no, but speaking of Twitter, <laughs> you are going to want to set up a Twitter list. Uh, if you're on Twitter, which I hope you are, set up a Twitter list of not necessarily people that you want to follow, but the people who are talking about Comic-Con because freebies might get announced at on a Twitter thing. A celebrity might tweet um, some information. Somebody might put out like special panel information or somebody else is going to be like, hey, we're all hanging out over here. And it's really good to have all of that information in a single list um, in Twitter. So, you know, take the time and really set that up. I don't know why, but that reminded me of, you know, their Lost and Found is pretty good. I've lost a few things at Comic-Con, at WonderCon, I, and I, I found them. They're right here in the studio with me. I would say phones, you know, every, everybody's got a phone now, nowadays. A lot of you have your lock screens on it. I would say, and, you know, now that, I've, that I'm going to say it on the show, everybody's going to do it. On the screen, on the lock screen, put, this phone belongs to Joss Whedon or Nathan Fillion. Believe me, they'll call you and say, yeah, I have your phone, but, you know, there you go. So... If, you know, put your name no, on you everything. Can put, you can put your name and an alternate contact number or email address um, on your lock screen. That is good and useful. Yeah. So, uh, but but again, you know, I, I ha- like I said, I I know from personal experience, I have lost things at at conventions, at Comic Con, at, at uh, WonderCon, and I did get them back. So the, everybody there is pretty cool about it. They don't. They're not going to run off with you know your unless you have you happen to have found Amazing Fantasy number fifteen. It's in your bag. Then don't, you're lost. You, you wanna. You don't want to just think that you're in Happy Hunky Dory Land though. It is a very large event that brings out a very large crowd. So you know, be aware of where your wallet is and be aware of where your phone is. 
you know, there's losing it, and most people are good about returning it. But you kind of got to be careful for uh, personal safety. I do know that this is the sort of event that brings out a less desirable crowd. Well, I mean, the, again, so, this know. is this is for first-time people. You don't want to scare them away. I don't want to say, you know, no. people do get stabbed in the eye sometimes, too, with no, no. pencils. <laughs> it happened once. But, you know, you want to you, you wanna go in just like any other vacation and any other event with all of the normal travel tip, tips advice. It's nothing more special than going anywhere else. Yeah, and the other thing I say is, you, you know... You want to go in looking like a lamb for the slaughter. Yeah, the, well, the other thing I was going to say also is, you know, know when to cut your losses. You know that know that you're probably not going to get into every single panel that you want to see. Um, if if, the, if your panel's at, say, 4 o'clock, and you're in, you've been in line all morning, and, and it's, you know, 2, 3 o'clock, and you're, you haven't moved except for maybe an inch, you're probably not going to get into that panel. Right, and that actually brings up a good point about keeping zen about the whole experience. It is a really good idea to have, um, if, you're, if you're very invested in panels, you have your plan, you look at the schedule, you've decided, have a plan B, have a couple of wiggle room areas where if you don't get into one panel you're like that's okay it doesn't look like i'm going to get into this one deep breath this isn't the end of the world and go check out another panel or check out a panel you have no idea about and maybe learn about something new or just walk the floor if you can oh walking just walking the dealer's room is its own sort of exciting thing it's this living breathing hub of people as they go through and there's all this awesome noise and people and people stopping and posing because somebody else is taking their picture i would say that when you're walking around the dealer's room keep your eyes open you know you you want to be able to see all the stuff that the dealers have on display look for the lego build whatever lego has built will always be amazing and also, don't go crazy. A lot of people do, especially first timers. They go crazy when they, you know, when you go into the exhibitor area and 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 you, and you start seeing all the stuff that's for sale there. Don't buy it. Think about it. Don't buy it if you can get it online. If you can get it at a store somewhere, why buy it there? Buy things that you There's can that. find only the exclusives, uh, obviously. But get things that you can only get there at Comic Con. And there's also the walk-away principle, right? You see something you're really excited because you've never seen it in real life before and you totally want to get it, do the walk-away. And if you still want it tomorrow or the next day, Sunday afternoon especially, um, that's that's a good sign that it's worth picking up. Yeah, I was going to say, wait till Sunday. Sunday afternoon, that's when you can get good deals. Because honestly, because yeah. you know, nobody wants to pack up their stuff and take it back with them. You may even get some stuff for free. Like, yeah, just take it, kid. I don't want it. Yeah, I mean, Sunday afternoon with the exhibitors, they're tired. They don't want to pack up their stuff. They're way more likely to negotiate with you than they are on preview night. That's for sure. So those are a few things to do to prepare yourself for the madness that is Comic-Con. Jessica, I see you've broken a couple of pencils. You were furiously <laughs> running down notes as Ariel was talking there. So I was. Not just Jessica, but uh, everybody who again who's a first timer, you know, go there. Don't no matter what you hear Ariel and I say, you know, Comic Con is Comic Con. There's no other place you want to be, especially this week. There's no other place you want to be but there. If you love this show, if you love things like this, you, you need to be there and enjoy it. If you and if you don't see a panel, like you know, like like uh, Ariel said, oh well, you know, go see another panel. Go walk the it floor. Will be on you- yeah. Yeah, it'll be on 
on YouTube tomorrow. Every panel that you want to be in there, being in the panel room is amazing. But don't worry. It's on YouTube tomorrow. You won't miss anything. Yeah, I'm going to have some of our our people you know, record as much of the panels as they can. We, we can't give you guys the exclusives, you know, because we're not allowed to, to show you the, the trailers and all the exclusive clips. But, you know, they, they crack in, they're pretty good at cracking down on them. But, but somebody's going to somehow get it and they'll probably end up somewhere for about a minute and then they the studios to actually take it down. But, you know, still, you know, not, not to take anything away from Comic-Con, but you're going to get this eventually anyway. You just want to be the first to see it. I mean, you're going to get it probably next week or the week after that, but, you know, you're going to get it a- afterwards. Like, remember when, when, we, when the Avengers assembled on stage, everybody was excited and everything, but now, you know, the Avengers, the movie is sitting on our shelves, most of us, and eh, we're getting ready for Star Wars in 2015, and then that'll pass, and you know what I'm saying, I think. Right? I do. There's nothing like the excitement of being in the room, but it's also nothing to get truly upset about. Comic-Con is what you make it. So make it awesome. Be awesome and make it awesome for others. That should be a t-shirt. Make it awesome. So, Ariel, thank you very much. Before <laughs> we let you go, do you, do you still have your Twitter? Well, who am I asking? Of course you do. You've got like 20 of them, don't you? I do have my AKA Geek Girl. That is where I expect to be tweeting about the things that I'm doing at Comic Con. I'm taking a very mellow view this year. I'm not planning anything and I'm going to go with the flow. So I might even sit at a hotel across the street from the convention center and just tweet about the celebrities I see walking by me as they're headed over to their panels. So Who knows? There you go. There is one to follow. There's a lot of, lot of like, like Ariel mentioned, there's a lot of Twitter accounts. That some, I think Comic-Con has one. I mean, I have it up on the, on the link section, but definitely can follow Ariel. You can follow us. You can follow you know a few people that just tweet, hey, this is going on or this is happening here. So Ariel, nice to have you on again. Uh, we got to do this more often. Hint, hint. Absolutely. It has been great. I'm happy to share my veteran experience with everybody, and I hope everybody who wants to gets out to make it to Comic-Con at some point in their life. Yeah, and, and really, and really we got to have you back on you know, more often, because it's fun having Rachel here and everything, but the studio's pretty quiet. Nobody hits the microphone anymore like you used to. Nobody else is as passionate about talking <laughs> as I am, clearly. Okay. Yeah, no, it'll be great. I'd, I'd love to come in and talk to you guys more. Okay, so again, that's Ariel. You guys all remember her from from last year. And, uh, you, you'll probably hear her on again, doing a few more things for her. So thanks again. Enjoy Comic Con. You probably run into Rachel and the rest of the gang over there. Say hello for me. Keep them in line. Tell them you're in charge. And enjoy Comic Con. Have uh, have fun. Relax if you're going to do that. So that's it. That's the Comic Con show. You guys, half of you already over there. Remember, Rachel is over there. The two Marks, Mark Doris and Mark Arnold, are over there. You will see them with the camera. Our new movie guy, Pacing Pete, is going to be pacing all over the San Diego Comic Con floor. Take uh, be, be on the lookout for him. Ask him what he really thought of Pacific Rim because he he cannot stop talking about that movie. Don't ask him about Man of Steel because then you really never shut him up. Um, so. Like I said, if you guys can't get into a panel, if you guys just get tired, need a break, go outside the convention center, get a little bit of fresh air, and also go across the street to the the gaslight, the or whatever it's called. I think the gaslight or lamp light section. One of those light sections. You guys know where I'm talking about. Go there. Legendary has their Godzilla experience. There's a little surprise at the end. I won't tell you what it is because then it wouldn't be a surprise. Uh, the Walking Dead experience is also there. You get you guys can either be a zombie, a walker, and chase after people, or be the chasee. Chasee? Yeah, I guess how you, that's how you call them. Uh, what else is out there? There's a lot of things going on there. A lot of the booths are, I, I forgot to ask David, but a lot of the booths are the double kind. You know, the, 
because Comic-Con is getting so big. Jessica, you want to know because you haven't experienced your first Comic-Con I've yet. I've never been there. But we have to. We have to take you. Uh, actually, you know, we mentioned we did mention Abe with the day, but it is coming up in San Francisco, October, I want to say 12th and 13th that weekend. Those of you who are into independent publishers, independent self-published books, comic books, graphic novels, that is the one for you. It's very cool. You can hear the passion from all the, all the artists and everybody that's doing their stuff there. That's happening again um, October, I want to say 12th, 13th. You guys can go on ComicCon.org and all the information is on there. But when we go to that, that'll you'll also get to meet Jessica face-to-face. That will be your first first convention, really. You haven't Because uh, it's hard to believe you, you love comic books and all this stuff, but you haven't really had a chance to go to one have you no i never had the chance sadly uh, i wouldn't I, even if you were covering this and i don't think i would i would just throw you out there that's like you know taking a kid from peewee football and putting them as the starting quarterback in the super bowl i don't think we'd do that to you well maybe it'd be fun to watch your reactions <laughs> on camera but uh that that's what's happening so that's the comic con so as for next week you know you guys like always come back we'll speak more geek but what exactly will we speak about? I have no clue. Everybody's in San Diego, so when they all come back, I'll call them. If anybody's recovered enough, then we'll have them on this show. So come on back next week, like we always say, and we'll speak more geek. And by the way, one more thing before I forget. You guys hear that in the background. That's not our usual theme. we got to say big thank you to the screen team, Angie and Chad. They're also at Comic-Con, by the way. You guys look for them. Uh, you can go to their YouTube channel, YouTube slash Screen Team. Screen Team Sundays are their very, very awesome videos. This is a parody song that they did a, few, uh, a couple years ago now, I want to say. It's called, you hear it, Comic Con Girls. So I'm going to play the whole thing. Chad gave me the permission to go ahead and play it. So we'll end very appropriate. We'll end with that, Comic Con Girls. Everybody, sing along. I, I bet you, you you can go through Comic Con and not have this song playing in your head in the background. So here it is, Comic Con Girls, Screen Team. Thanks a lot for letting us play it. And everybody, Enjoy Nacho Burrito, your Comic-Con. Greetings, fanboys and geek girls. Roll that 18-sided die. We're going to embark on a master quest. I know a place where the geeks all come together. Dorks getting wild just to look at action figures. Sipping apple juice. Peach. The one ring. Comic Con's everything. Fanboys hanging out. 
all that cake hanging out. Movies and groupies and boobies, no new bitches, definitely Scooby. Katie, my lady. Yeah. How about an autograph, maybe? Uh -huh. Wish we could get it on, cause you represent Comic Con. Comic -Con.